Hi, welcome to Overlanding from Home. My name is Anton. I'm an avid overlander, lover of nature, and humanitarian by heart. The past while, I've always been interested in the outdoors, and I want to hear about other people's experiences and their rigs. Yes, the big rigs, the small rigs, everything they've done to design them and how they plan it. I hope you enjoy listening. Let's find out who today's guest is. Hello, fellow listeners, guys, girls, kids. Um, thanks again for signing in and listening to another great podcast. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be as as epic as the last bunch have been. And today I have um, a wonderful guy. He's from South Africa, living in San Diego. I'm not so sure how many years, but we'll find out. And he is undoubtedly one of the best wildlife photographers I think I've seen. And I've, I've seen a bunch. Um, and I can honestly say that because Zander, every time I look at your pictures, dude, they are, it's like I see the same picture for the first time every day and, and, and I'm not even joking. So, so welcome to the podcast and welcome to the chat. Wow. I'm so honored. Thank you so much, Anton. That's so kind of you to say, and, uh, and love the show. Just gotta, gotta say that from the, right off the start. It's a awesome show and I'm glad to be a part of it. No, it's very cool. And I, and, and thank you. I know that we've, we have like some of the other guys just started chatting, but we we really hit it off the bat immediately. I think we're both very like-minded and methodical and and know what we want to do. And and part of that is going to touch base within the show. And I think I'd love to hear about some of your pictures. Uh, you also drive a 90 Defender, which is unfortunately up in Joburg and not in San Diego with you. But um, I, I know that you have a bunch of things planned and coming up. So I want to, I want to ask you a few questions and get some idea from you as to um, I, I know part of your history was you, you had an accident, which we won't really um, divulge into, but you, you ended up after that going with your now wife uh, on a seven-month trip into a variety of countries in Africa. That's right, eh? Absolutely, yeah. No, that's exactly right. Which, which countries did you, did you visit or want to visit, or was it just like a lucky packet? Did you, did you throw a bunch of names in a hat and say, let's, let's see where it takes us? Sure. Yeah. No. I think. Uh, I think any overlanding trip, uh, there's uh, some unplanned uh, places that pop up. But uh, no, we started off um, with a little bit of prep work on this side, on the state side, um, and um, knew that we definitely wanted to, to see a few spots like the um, Tanzania was on our radar. Um, we never thought we'd go to Zambia, so that was definitely not uh, part of the trip. But we did do seven countries. We started off in South Africa, and then. Um, First, we didn't even know exactly how we we're going to be traveling. We weren't uh, overlanding was not the first option that came to mind uh, until my wife said, "You know what? Why don't we just buy a four by four and drive into all these countries?" And I was like, "Absolutely!" And this was already while we were staying at uh, a family member's house, one of my mom's house in Cape Town. Okay. So that's how it all started. Little, little did she know what she was getting into. I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Little did all of us know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's epic. I mean, uh, it's definitely the way to do it. I, I think traveling. I think some basic prep and traveling is is a is a good start, and then, uh, and then and then learning as you go along the way. I mean, I I I don't see much about your your vehicle. Did you did you plan to stay in or on your vehicle? Well, obviously not in. It's it's a ninety, but you. You had a rooftop tent. Uh, did you do the whole gas cooking thing? I mean, what were you, what on that side did you did you prep? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, we um, on the vehicle side, we we bought the ninety. Um, at first, it was it was more so for my family has had a history of Land Rover um, in their in their um, in their in their like heritage. But um, basically, we decided on the Land Rover because it was, it's such an iconic vehicle for Africa, and because our whole purpose was to film and I had the drone, so we wanted to get very iconic shots in Africa. Yes, um, that's what first started us looking into Land Rovers. We came across this butte uh, in in uh, Durenburg, South Africa, uh, that was sitting there, and I got it for steel. It already came with the rooftop tent. Uh, it had the the um, jerry cans already rigged on there, and so it was very kitted already. Um, so I didn't have to do too much. And being a novice at the time uh, in the four by four world, um, I did a lot of research um, on the spot and yeah. uh, and kind of prepped and um, bought a few things, customized it a little bit my ways, changed it from crazy enough changed the tires from uh, uh mud tires to all terrain yeah so uh so yeah so it was it was uh definitely a learning experience um didn't think myself as an overlander at, at first uh, because we actually were gonna purchase the vehicle and then sell it when we got back to south africa yes once we made our full circle um so yeah okay so yeah so no so that, it started off first not not being very planned but then as we prepped and saw, okay, well, we're going to need certain things for this trip and then started to figure out the roadmap of what that's going to look like going into Mozambique and then cutting across Malawi um, and then up into Tanzania and then back through Zambia, Zim, and then back into SA and then Swaziland at the very end. They're now Eswatini. That sounds, uh, dear, that sounds amazing. It's a great round trip. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, there's there's always people that, that are – and and other podcasters that talk to me and um the one guy emery from uh, um from turkey emery emery said to me it was like dude if i could drive from turkey to to cape town through africa in my in my defender i'd be leaving tomorrow you know and and, and he said well, oh, absolutely i'm gonna take it you know it'll take me a month i'm like dude if you did it in a month I'd send you back because you rushed it. You know? <laughs> yes, I, I, I could not agree more. I mean, we could have shortened our trip for sure, but I think what really sparked our interest in in, in going uh, going by land basically is um, is the fact that you see so much more if you if you ground yourself and if you actually drive and see every little spot and and that's how you get to see the or, or go to the off the beaten path. Places, yeah. um, and that's what I think overlanding is all about, and that's how my wife and I fell in love with it. Um, and would never ever, I wouldn't sell that vehicle for all the money in the world at this point, really. No, you know, I think anyone that drives a good overlanding vehicle, and 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 I think luckily the the Defender has been classed um, amongst many that even don't drive it to be the overlanding iconic vehicle uh, for for outdoors. I mean, I was. I uh, I was with a, um, a a wonderful guy um, by the name of Blaze, and and he drives uh, one of the newer Land Cruisers, the seventy six, sure. I think it is, and uh, yeah. um, and he he said to me, he said, listen, you know what I buy one, no, but my problem is I just can't staring at yours, you know, and it's it's just uh, <laughs> I I took it as a as a as a compliment, you know, I, I think uh, yeah, that's a- my my vehicle alone is is quite. Uh, I mean, obviously, everything on my vehicle is functional. There's, there's nothing. If it looks cool, great. Um, I'm lucky, but I don't care how it looks. It's more about functionality. And, 
Um, I get a lot of people that stop me to ask me questions and look at it and um, and and kids especially, which is great because kids just kids look at it. I had one kid once salute me in in the vehicle, as you know. It's oh, amazing. And I was like, that's pretty awesome. So I saluted him back and tried to drive off faster than him, but his dad was in a Porsche. So <laughs> I, I couldn't really catch up, but I, I didn't. Well, you got the Puma, like, yeah, so that yeah. that kid's young and he knows. You know, it's pretty awesome. I flipping loved it. Now, now, tell That's me, amazing. I'm looking at, a, at at one of the photos here. Let me see. It's in Serengeti, which is superb. But you look like, what, about six foot uh, four, six foot five? Yeah, you nail on the head there, six four. Six, so, um, six four. Yeah. So, so how did you fit in, 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 the, in the front of the vehicle? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great question. A I mean, it's, that is definitely, and, and go, going back to your question before, too, is it's, a, it's the 90s, so it's, a, it's the shorter version, the two-door, but... Um, but with with the seat, I kind of uh, customized it a little bit where it could push back just slightly. Yes. Um, but because it does have that little bull bar rail behind it. That's right. Um, behind the seat. Um, but uh, we made do, and and it was very cramped. And initially, we had we had sworn, okay, we're going to save money. We're going to be uh, very conservative, um, and sleep on the rooftop tent uh, as needed, and then. Um, basically live out of this vehicle we had a whole production kit because we went the whole purpose of the trip was not just to go into africa but to really uh tell stories yes. um and it's more specifically for wildlife conservation and community-based conservations uh so my, my wife started her nonprofit um seven years ago and that's really what fueled this trip um, because we wanted to do something different and do something good with our lives um and kind of gift back and also, in return, we had no idea how much we received in return. Um, but living out of the vehicle was a challenge uh, because it was very cramped. We had a 40-liter fridge in there. Um, you know, we had a, we arrived with seven bags yeah. from the States. Good luck with um, that. Because we also, yeah, exactly. So it was, it was chock and block full, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, of course. So, um, um, but, uh, but basically... Yeah, no, we made the best of it. Uh, I did, you know, drive wide-legged. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. so. Knees, knees <laughs> out, <laughs> ankles in. Now, of course, I know all, all about it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but you, it's funny you were talking about the saluting. Um, we, right before we get got to the gate of uh, Mozambique, uh, entering from the um, Kamati port side, um, we got uh, we got saluted almost, or we got a, a cheer from another Land Rover passing us yes. uh, in the opposite direction. And we were way, this person was waving, honking, and all that, flashing his lights. I thought maybe it's a traffic cop up ahead. But then we were so, slowly started seeing more and more of this on the road with a few landy owners uh, uh, going past us. And uh, the community yes. that there is with, within the Land Rover community, and everybody, you know, here it's Jeep Wranglers and they have their community. But I love the overlanding community that was that I was made aware of on this trip. And, and you know, it just gives you peace of mind and also a sense of camaraderie. So, um, it was epic. It was absolutely epic. It, you know, the the whole Land Rover community and specifically Defender, the 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 big thing amongst us is to um, is to wave at each other as or just you know give the give the short nod, um, sure. or move the hand into the window so you recognize that the other vehicle. And you don't really get that out of out of Land Cruisers or the or the Nissan community and that. And I'm actually I'm I've 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 been getting quite tired of the banter going backwards and forwards and the, and the constant ragging of defenders that break and, and the, this and, and the, that, and, and, and many, many people don't look at the volume 
of work these people, these vehicles do, sorry. You know, they go into stringent places, they drive long hours, things go wrong. And I'm pretty sure that I can I can go into Google and find vehicles and find Toyotas and Nissans and Fords that have done all the wrong things and have all broken down. And I've actually now started any vehicle equivalent to mine, regardless of what it is. I've actually started doing the same thing, waving at the guy. And I've I've heard yeah. a few Toyota, um, specifically Land Cruiser guys, look at me like a little bit squiff, you know, like a little bit sideways going, why are you so happy? Why are you, why are you waving at me with a smile, you know? And, uh, and I don't care. I mean, I'm just, I'm just happy to do it. There is a big difference, though, that I found between, um, between different drivers of different vehicles. So um, someone driving yeah, a, a Fortuna, has a different mentality to a Land Cruiser. And I mean, I have a, yeah. I have a story in the Namibia. I'm not so sure if I've mentioned it on the show before, but I was in the middle of uh, um, Land in the Namibia, which is amazing. And the freeway, inverted commas, um, when you're off-road is, is <laughs> the river bend. So you drive through yeah. the river because that's the fastest way that you can go, which is not necessarily very fast. So, you know, and this, no. this Fortuna guy, calls me over. He's got a son in the vehicle and uh, there was a Land Cruiser behind him. Uh, he was in the front and he calls me over like frantically. I'm like, anyway, I'm, I turn my vehicle off. I go up the bank. I go see the guy and I'm like, you know, everything fine. He goes, oh, I just wanted to see if your, if your uh, Land Rover could, could uh, drive or if it was broken down. And I, I looked at him and I was like, do you feel better? Do you feel like you yeah, right? like completely <laughs> accomplished what you wanted? And I gave him like a pretty bland sure. look and uh, his son looked at him and there was, there was a quiet, that quiet moment where he looked at me, he looked at his son, I looked at him and, and I was like, are you, are you done now? Can, can I move on? You know, are you, are you finished with what you were trying to achieve? He goes, oh, I was only giving a joke. I'm like, dude, please, we're in the middle of nowhere. Do you really think it's going yeah. to matter right now? And he was like, oh, I was, yeah. and, and his son looked at him as if to say, oh, okay, you know, well, dad, you kind of screwed that one up. And I, I just put it in first gear, wave set chairs, and I drove off, you know. So, you know, that's you know, the thing I'm that's, trying to get away from, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you make a great point there. Um, for, for me, I, uh, I try to be very democratic, obviously, with, with, uh, with other vehicles and with other people's causes and, and, and their reasons behind the wheel. But, uh, yeah, I get frustrated too. But, but going back to what you were saying about the, the, this constant thing that you hear about, oh, your Landy's leaking or this or that or the other, is it broken down? Or the difference between a Toyota and Land Rover is, you know, you see more of them inside of the road yeah, or whatnot. Yeah, it dates, for me, it dates back to, I, I, I used to watch the Camel Trophy, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that was going on for 20 yes. years since 1980 to 2000. And those were all Landy's uh, and, and uh, you know, the Discoveries, the Defenders and all that stuff. So I, I don't know what people are talking about. My experience, fortunately enough, I didn't have, I had one minor issue, but I didn't have a, a single tire replaced and I had two spares in the, in the, on the vehicle, okay. one on the back, one on the back. And then I, we had a custom, we had a, a gentleman in Elspreet customize a internal um, holder. So I took all four seats out that are facing each other That's in the right. back, yes. took all those out and he customized a little middle um holder for us for a, a, a second spare and i didn't have one uh, flat not one flat uh, and we went through rivers and sharp rocks and all that kind of stuff so that was very fortunate and the only trouble i had um from a uh, functionality standpoint was 
Um, on the way back, as we just crossed Malawi, um, going, oh, sorry, just crossed Tanzania to Zambia, that border, um, I was trying to accelerate and go past a, a big a, a truck. Yeah. And, um, and sure enough, no gas. And uh, I, I, it flows like it's as if the vehicles are neutral. Yeah. And I, again, couldn't get any gas. And I'm in the opposite side of the road now. So then I, I backed off, uh, the, the truck went back behind and pulled over and uh, tweaked uh, a few things. And it was ended up just being dust on the actual um, sensor. Yes. So there's a, because it's fuel injected, right. it's uh, got a sensor on it. Exactly. So airflow so sensor. The, exactly. So it was just that. It was just dirty sensor. And uh, the, the the there we were off again. So no 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 issues. That's why I, I swear by Hetty. We dubbed her Hetty after my grandmother, uh, who's um, the great granddaughter of uh, Paul Kruger. Oh wow! And um, so That's yeah, we dubbed her Hetty. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It's uh, it's so so. I've always had a passion for for wildlife, and obviously um, growing up in Africa um, and and seeing these Land Rovers on the road. So it. Now is my family, and I consider myself an overlander, and, and we're waiting for our next trip. So we're very, very fortunate. Well, I know that you and I are talking about, uh, well, we did briefly mention yesterday about uh, trying to coincide a trip with my uh, humanitarian work. And I think I think if it's possible that we can uh, cross paths, it would be amazing. But I, I, I want to ask you just not, not what, what fridge... You have a 40 liter. Is it an Engel? What? Uh, uh, Snowmaster? It what was, was it? Uh, Do you remember? Yeah, it was a it was a, a, a national. Okay. Uh, national was, the, was the brand, and yeah, exactly. So we had one of those, um, which we bought at Outdoor Warehouse, or, or um, yeah, Mega Four by Four Outdoor okay. Warehouse, one of those. And uh, and again, uh, we were pretty novice at at at, at the at this these equipment that we needed, but um, but we did a lot of research. I like to Google everything, so I, I'll do research before I make a purchase. I read five reviews on it, and then I'll I'll purchase something. But the fridge was kind of a last minute yes. thing. Um, and then we sold it when we got home because we didn't need it anymore. And honestly, it was kind of overkill for the trip. We just needed essentials. So I probably, I'd, I'd love to have a built-in fridge where I customize it to the center console. Okay. Um, but I'll pick your brain on that because you're the expert. Um, well, don't, don't hold on, your breath yeah, no. there, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just more built-in, um, uh, built-in customizations were, were, um, were our saving grace on this trip basically. But yeah, no, the fridge, the fridge may do. It kept a few cool drinks cold, and uh, and when we were forced to, um, initially we saw we weren't gonna, um, you know, take or um, solicit bribes or anything like yes. that uh, for the traffic traffic police, especially in Mozambique. I mean, yeah. yes, we got pulled over once we had Tanzania. We got pulled over like sixteen yeah. times, um, and uh, we kept the extra Coca Cola cold for the cop. Yeah just to say thanks for not giving us a ticket. That's you know? normal, unfortunately. And, you know, there's yeah. there's many groups of overlanders now that are on, uh, because there's 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 a big um, Mozambique um, overlanding group that you actually pay for, and it's very worth it because these guys are on the ball. If you have a problem, you can you can get in, in touch with them because, unfortunately, within Africa, there are challenges of traffic cops pulling you over and creating a problem. Um, you know, oh, if absolutely. it's a normal Coke, then fine. You know, it, it, listen, it costs guys like you and I nothing for a normal Coke, but there are guys that take it a different level. So I have a I have a problem that I, I have with your vehicle. At the top there, you've got two 20-liter jerry cans. It was for fuel or water? Uh, so one was for water and the other one was for the diesel. For yes. diesel, okay. So 
have you got uh, have you got um, covers over them? Uh, yeah, so I have covers for them. I, uh, I've purchased the um, you know those zip over covers for them. Um, and honestly, we didn't even really ever tap into it. The only time we tapped into the Jerry cans was on the craziest road I've ever experienced, which was on the south southern side of um, uh, Zambia when we crossed from the National Park North Luangwa, which I highly yes. recommend. It's so untouched. I don't know if you've ever uh, been there. Um, but uh, but it's beautiful, and uh, we were the only vehicles at the beginning of the season, so they haven't even trekked uh, the roads yet. Um, and um, and sure enough, we crossed the pontoon and and went over to the south side, yeah. and we're following along the river. And then slowly but surely, and I had full tank. I mean, I think it was a sixty liter tank there, and then also the jerry can on top, and uh, really close to running out. Um, if we didn't, uh, if we didn't have the jerry can, we would have not made it to our destination, which was the South Luangwa uh, National Park. But, but they got but covers was, on the that, jerry that was probably cans. The... You know, there's cross, there's glamping, dude. I mean, what do you need covers and jerry cans for? That's uh... you're so right. You could see that's that's you know, don't throw me under the bus. Dude, like that that's, uh, you yeah, know, that's I, my, I, that's you know, that, that's the. If you if I see a photo with jerry cans and uh, and that stuff like that one, I'm definitely you gotta see it from the productions. You gotta see it from the production standpoint. You know what I mean? It's 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 more for the camera, so to speak. You know, when the drone goes over, you want to make sure it looks sharp. Yeah, I can accurately but no, I'm just say teasing. I don't no, care, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're all about uh, you know functionality, and then sometimes I'm I like to see a little bit of myself as being balanced. Yes. So I like functionality, but I like a little, um, a little splash of uh, of, of glamour, you know, of glamour. Sure, sure. I'm a, I'm a rude awakening fan, on this trip. You know, Zander, I'm just a big fan of uh, of the power of one. And when you when you yes. overland, you you not not you as you, but but people, you know, carry a lot of clutter. Like you said, you arrived with something like seven bags. Seven bags wouldn't fit mm. in a ninety defender. So I'm pretty sure you had yeah. to uh, you had to eradicate yourself of a of a bunch of clothing and really choose what you needed. And um, I, I'm I've absolutely just, no, I, I've, I have a 20 liter jerry can behind uh, my middle seat in my 110, and I, that's my quick one that I if if, if I if I need to get to it. Um, and then I've got the two for two 20 liters. So I've got 40 liters on the roof that I will tap into. If I really, 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 really have to, you know, um, and and yeah. that's a that's a big deal. But I mean, I, I, so so let me ask the question: you you have a fridge that you say that you hardly ever use, so you did stay in the rooftop tent. Um, what did you use to yeah. cook in the seven months, or, or did you mostly try and stay in lodges and? Uh, um, uh, well, we wanted to stay in the in the in the vehicle as much as possible. So so we majority of the time, I'd say about eighty percent of the time, we were we were in the rooftop tent and we were cooking with our gas stove. We did have gas uh, canisters too. Up yes, there, I saw that. Um, tapping into those. Uh, even at some point uh, when we were in the Serengeti with the tent open, um, we you know at nighttime there's no fences like in Kruger or anything like that. So you have to be very careful and mindful of the wildlife around you. So we uh, literally cooked on top of the roof, uh, put the, uh, plug the, um, you know, the little gas stove yes. right on top uh, into the uh, can, the gas yeah. can, and then cooked, uh, you know, 
uh, eggs up there or whatever we wanted to cook. And um, so it was very functional in that sense. But yeah, gas stove and and the fridge we did keep for cold stuff like I, like you might know already. Uh, we don't eat a yes, lot of meat. I yes. uh, actually now have since stopped eating any sort of meat for a year and a half now. Um, but uh, but definitely we had these these prepackaged those. Um, you basically boil water and you That's pour right. it in there. Yes. Um, you know, and they, and it becomes like a stew yes, or something. Yes. So we had you know minimal stuff that doesn't occupy too much space or have an have too much of a uh, carbon footprint. So, so to go, well, whether it's completely off or on the topic, I've I've actually did a great podcast with um, a guy called uh, Petar. He was one of the first guys that, that came on board and, and chatted to me. And um, he's in Serbia and he's a 100% vegetarian and he doesn't even have yeah. a fridge. Uh, he takes a cooler box and I'm, I'm going to do a podcast with him about overlanding as a vegetarian. Um because that's amazing. I think yeah, that's completely great. epic, dude. I mean, uh, everyone in 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 Africa eats meat in a certain way, whether it's a nyama trauma. I mean, I've eaten, I've eaten I, half the time. I've, I think I don't even know what I've what I've eaten because I've been in countries that have been questionable. <laughs> you know, so I had like, like one of the best meals that I've that I've ever had was, and I went back three times was for camel stew in uh, Mogadishu. Um, in, wow. in Ethiopia, I've eaten, I think, probably the best, healthiest food out there. Um, in fact, Ethiopian food, I think, is the one of the healthiest food next to Mongolia. Um, and oh, their wow. bread they make is incredible. I mean, it's amazing. It's got nothing, uh, nothing hectic in it. It's fantastic. Anyway, so I think, I think you know, eating off, uh, I wouldn't say off the land, because you can't just go and pick, because you just don't know, you know, and... Uh, um, but sure. going into shops to buy veggies is can be a challenge, and there's only there's only so many two minute noodles and and uh, and uh, tomato cans that you can use and buy, and and I think people don't really absorb, you know, what you can do. You know, there's there are so many options. One of the best things that I do, um, or us as as my wife and and and, and I is we use, um, we get those those big mushrooms. And we put a bit of uh, olive oil in it, garlic, and cheese on top, and we put that on the fire, and that can be a whole meal. I mean, those things, those oh, things brilliant. are yeah. amazing. In fact, I had it two nights ago, um, last night. No, yeah, no, it's delicious. I had it last night. I lie, you know, and, and that's that's the way to do it. I mean, uh, I just think it's fantastic. Eating yeah. eating meat is great, um, but not all the time. I think there's a time and and, and no, a place. I, you're so right. I think I think that would be a great podcast. I'd love to uh, tune in on that one. And that the one that you had before with uh, with Patel, right? Uh, he he was amazing um, uh, with his experience. But I think also just eating healthy on the road is a, one of the biggest challenges of overlanding is eating Completely healthy. Completely agree. A lot of people don't don't talk about that, you know. So so there's the the technical side and the and the logistical side, but there's also the health side of things. And I and I love that you you touch on that. So I, I would look forward to I that think it's very important, you know, and and again it's a I think it's an African thing that, that meat is a priority and it's 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 staple, it, yeah. Correct. Staple is a very good word. And and in certain cases rightly so, but within reason. And I, I you know there's just such a there's such a big stigma around meat and people need to recognize it must move away. I've started doing a lot more healthier breads. Um, I put pitted dates in yeah, my bread yeah. and I make it on the fire and it tastes amazing. Wow. It's got no sugar. 
no salt, nothing like 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 that. And it's just flour, water, and chopped up pitted dates. I mean, anyone can make it anywhere. It's it's fantastic, and it's it's a lot healthier than what you buy in the store. It's a lot more fun. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's a lot more chill than what you get pretty much anywhere else. And I, you know, if people. A lot of South Africans make uh, bread and poikis in there, but again, you know, with a poiki comes with, you know, yeah. comes with meat. So, meat. So, you know, you yeah. have to choose, yeah. choose your better. No, I missed that. I missed the food there. Yeah, you're so right. Um, so, rooftop tent we've covered. The tires look like the general grabbers, um, or the. Uh, yeah, I've the Wranglers. Sorry, those me. are those are a, what they pretty much yeah. come out with. Um, um, yeah, this, I had to change these from muds to all-terrain um, just because I had heard so many stories about the road that I was going to take, uh, the, the path that we were choosing is going to be mostly, um, you know, on on tour um, and then with the occasional off-roading. Um, I'm glad I stuck with the Wranglers. Again, I had zero punctures. I think it's an awesome uh, brand, awesome tire. My dad worked for Goodyear for, yes. for many, many years, so Good. I swear by these tires. Um, but I've also heard great things about BF Goodridge, obviously, and, and Coopers and stuff. So um, these tires were awesome. You know, I, I tires are such them. a personal, you know, like like everything, tires, tent, fridge, uh, they're all very personal. And it's, yeah. it, you know, it, it's just such a, everyone takes what they buy for themselves seriously and they try and push over. I mean, I'm a big Cooper fan. But if you want uh, BFGs, Absolutely. go for it. They're a, they're a good tire. You know, there's, there's a time and a place for yeah. For all of them, and I, I think I, I, I want to ask you. So, on your vehicle, what was what was the best thing that you loved doing or having on your vehicle? That's a great question. So, we had a, uh, the vehicle when I purchased it. Like I said, the the, the person I purchased it from was a very um, avid um, overlander and great experience. Um, and he had already kitted it out with the dual battery system. So there was an extra battery under the passenger seat uh, that we could tap into and utilize to run the fridge. I wanted it off the off the vehicle itself so it could run without the vehicle yes. having to be on. Um, so that tapped into that. Um, and then uh, also we had all of our production equipment. So we had cameras, laptops, cell phones, the drone, like I said earlier. So tapping into that second battery system was great. Um, and I didn't have to run the engine to recharge it and all that kind of stuff um, throughout the night because, you know, we were, we were actually producing. My wife was editing the videos in the tent in the middle of Serengeti or wherever we were um, and could easily get some power. That was definitely one of my favorite mods. And then uh, my absolute favorite, what I would say, is um, the secret compartments throughout the vehicle. Just because we had heard a few horror stories of, of, of people getting pulled over or held up by some bandits uh, up in Tanzania. We had luckily not ran into m much of that at all. Um, one situation yeah. to speak of with guys with machetes, but um, really quickly made moves and got out of there. Well, maybe um, you should speak about it. To hide, you know, <laughs> it sounds pretty gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we came to a roadblock and, and in Africa, you know, n not everybody's in official uh, uniform. So you don't see, you don't know if it's a, if it's a, a policeman, a yes. military person, a government official, um, you know, because the guys in, you know, skivvies or his, his, his regular yes. clothes or whatever. And, uh, and there was a group of people and they had a, a little um, man-made uh, stanchion put, put over, uh, put in the front of the road or like a roadblock and they were demanding money and uh, it didn't look official to me. So I questioned it. And at this point I was, I was, you know, not as timid as I was in the very mm -hmm. beginning of the journey. Um, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, yeah. three bags full, sir. It was more so, okay, guys, how can I help you? And then uh, I had to, and they were started banging on the window. So I, 
instead of dropping the window, I literally, and I shouldn't have done this, but I opened the door and, yes. and pushed it yes. on them real quick. And then I, and then I got, and then I gunned it and they didn't want me to break the barrier. So they opened the gate Lovely. and I just went through it. And, uh, they, as they went by, as I went by, they hit the car with the, with his hand again and uh, yelling. Um, but like you could definitely see it was just uh, civilians trying to trying make to take it a shot. Back. And I just wasn't having, yeah, I just wasn't having any of it at that. Yeah, good, good for you. And I think if you recognize it from from the beginners, from the beginning, and with with any traveler, you know, you really have to have your your head screw, screwed on right. I mean, I had a friend that went to Mana Pools in Zimbabwe, and and he was told, no, 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 you have to book now, you have to book in advance. It's better for you, and like the whole story. And, and and this has got nothing to do with uh, your type of scenario, but taken advantage of, he ended up paying something like six hundred dollars yeah. a night for one person, which is completely nuts. Yeah. You know, yes. and and yeah. and, yeah, and he incredible. messaged me and he thinks and he says, "Listen, I think I've just been taken as a fool here. I mean, these guys have uh, he spent four nights there, six hundred dollars a night. That's pretty hectic. When it should have been something like a, you know, maybe maybe one hundred and ten dollars a night. You know." So I don't yeah, even know what the price is no, for, uh, robbery, for right? minor pool, but you know this is this is unfortunately you, if you do your your homework like you did, you know you said you spent uh, a good amount of time on Google, then you know where you're going and what you're doing. Oh, talking about um, going, uh, what what maps did you use? Did you use a, a cell phone or did you buy the the tracks for Africa? Yeah, you're probably going to make fun of me for this again, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I heard about Tracks for Africa. Um, we relied on, um, we definitely had, uh, the first thing we did is when we crossed over into any country, right at the border, we would buy some SIM cards and we would get um, access to yes. Wi-Fi as we could or, you know, cell phone service. So we relied heavily on Google Maps, but that was after we discovered, okay, TomTom Tom Maps okay. weren't the best. Um, so I had a TomTom. Tom. It, was, it was good um, initially, but then some roads, it just was completely off. Um, with the terrain and 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 um, also uh, some distances, there were some glitches, and then it would show you that you're you wouldn't be on the road. I'm literally on this one road, and it's showing me I'm uh, like 15 miles over on the other side, or you know, eight kilometers yeah, on the yeah. other side. Um, so I we relied heavily on Google Maps. I think that was a great uh, and, and satellite images, so I could see the terrain. I'm a, I'm, I won't mock you on that one because I'm a big fan of Google Maps, and and uh, uh, so I think, as you know, my vehicle was broken into, and they took all of my navigation stuff. And um, I've just uh, yeah. now bought a um, iPad Mini for that exact reason. So I've I'm I can put Smart. all the maps on it, so I can I can get uh, tracks for Africa online, for example. Um, Google Maps, Maps.me, yeah. Map Out, and a bunch of other tracking maps and social media and all of that on one device, and I can track exactly where I'm going. Because if you get the Wi-Fi and 3G, then you get the GPS on the 3G on the Wi-Fi on the 3G. Sorry. So, so Smart. you know that that gives me complete functionality compared to buying a TomTom or a Garmin. If I buy those devices again, I'm stuck right. with only those apps for those devices. They're locked. And I didn't, I, exactly. that just wasn't appealing to me. Um, so that's the route that I'm going now. And, and in, in fact, uh, because of some of the places that I go are, are remote and there's nothing, um, in fact, Google Maps doesn't even yeah. pick up three of the villages that I'm going to um, on my humanitarian trip. Wow. And um, I bought a inReach, a Garmin inReach Mini, which is a GPS device with satellite. And that connected that connected awesome. to the device as an app gives me complete functionality on tracking, 
on mapping and uh, texting. So you pay for the service, but I can send a text to my wife and say, listen, I'm here for the night. I didn't make my end place because the road was bad. You know, I can just type something and send it and, and that's fine, you know. So, so, so it's pretty, I, I, you know, mapping is a, is a, is a big deal because you can get lost easily. And, and I mean, we got, we got lost for about oh. three hours in uh, uh, Botswana last year, just coming through past Maremi and north of uh, Maun. So we ended up, I actually wow. had photos. We ended up having to stop, pull over, check the maps. And the road that was given to us by the Garmin was wrong. So, you know. Oh, we, absolutely. No, I've had similar experiences. We, we ended so up right. having to retrack and we got there into a little, uh, a little um, campsite, amazing campsite called Kazikini. And they were running around and I had two flat tires and I'm, try, I'm under the vehicle trying to puncture, trying to uh, plug the one puncture. Um, and they're running around saying, listen, do you want any beers? And do you want uh, food? And we're like, no, no, listen, come back just now. And they're like, no, 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 we need it now. Uh, and I'm like, listen, I'm busy now. Can you come back? No, 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 we can't. I'm like, well, what's wrong? Anyway, no, no, no. The yeah. elephants and the lions have already started moving around and they need to get back to their crawl. And I'm oh, like, guys, just drop wow. off four beers or I think it was 10 beers and go. Don't hang around. And literally six minutes, I counted six minutes after that. Um, we started hearing the lions roar and, um, one o'clock oh, in the morning, um, well, let me go back to lions. So if, if, if any of my listeners don't know, you can be five kilometers or 500 meters from a lion's roar and you don't know the distance. So you can't actually gauge the distance of a lion's roar. It's very, very scary. So so you hear That's this absolutely thing, true. and That's you absolutely and you true. know the direction, but you're like, well, it could be, it could be 400 meters from me, or it could be four kilometers. You just don't know. And uh, we then quickly so gathered right. our food, got everything, and headed off into our tents. And one o'clock in the morning, Xander, this is no joke. One o'clock in the morning, we hear this huge, <laughs> we all sit up in the tents, um, and it was an elephant, which sounded like it was about 50 meters away from us. And we all completely just shut ourselves. And none of us slept until the morning. Ooh. We all we all just like unzipped the tent quietly, oh, looked wow. out. And there was an elephant that came through our tent, uh, through, um, through our campsite. And obviously just decided to have a bit of a splurge with his mates that were like probably 10 kilometers down the road or five kilometers and and uh, yeah, it oh, was, uh, we didn't sleep very well from one o'clock onwards. It was an interesting one. But... You see, to me, to me, that sounds magical. We had the similar experience in Serengeti. Our, our very first night opening up our tent up in the rooftop. Uh, and we, the previous night, there was some, apparently there was some tourists that had camped on the ground with their ground tents. And uh, long story short, at night, we had just gone to, gone to sleep. And I just hear... <laughs> like little laughing and I'm like, is there a child outside? And I, I, uh, I look yeah. again and I hear yeah. like a, like a cry out and, and, and all of a sudden it's a bunch of hyena and a matriarch and they scavenging around for leftovers. And, you know, you're supposed to take your trash out, but these, these people left their trash there. So they were obviously uh, entertained by that. And then the next moment, again, like you were saying, um, so truthfully, you hear yeah. the, you hear a roar yeah. and you hear, Ooh, this heavy bass <laughs> and it hits the back of my spine and I sit up and I don't know, I don't know if this lines in my tent or if it's, you know, five, yeah. five, uh, like you said, five, 500 meters away. But sure enough, I zip open the tent and here's this beautiful male line and you can see his breath in the air, uh, uh, just yes. standing 
glaring because he had heard the hyena and came to check it out. So, oh, the magical moments. But you're so right. It's you got to be careful uh, in those in those moments. But yeah, you have to choose your battles. But that's what like you go that. for. You know, it's only Americans that get charred by lions and Kruger. So, I mean, most of us are pretty fine. You're kind of halfway there. Your wife, I'm not, I'm, you know, we need to double check. But I think I'm only joking. You know, you, you get some very yeah, special no, people out there and it can be challenging. So, of course, I, I just ask people, stay in your vehicles. Don't get out unless you know that Absolutely. you're safe, unless you know that it's going to be okay. Um, if you have to have a toilet break, make sure someone's watching exactly. over you and you're not far from the vehicle. You know, these are basics that people should really should, should, should really. Yeah, hundred percent. But they get complacent, you know, and then they then things sure, happen. Sure, sure. So, so listen, I think we've covered, you know, some really, really epic points here, and I, I want you, I want you to tell me about your your conservation work and your photography. I mean, I, I, I know that that you you obviously take it seriously. It's your living. Is that right? Your the um the photos and the videos and that, but the conservation is is obviously you've you've partnered with certain people. I mean, if if you can just share with with me, some of those uh, scenarios, I'd really like to learn some more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, so it is definitely a passion of ours. Um, like I said, my wife started the nonprofit project uh, conservation. Um, you can go to the org uh, page there and check us out. Um, she started seven years ago. She's a, um, a conservation biologist. She has a master's in that, a master's in media. So I went to film school. So the whole mission of, of project conservation, if I can speak on it, um, she'd be much better at it than I would. But basically, it's to utilize media and re-gift media and marketing and, and, and storytelling um, to these sanctuaries, these yeah. wildlife causes, the community and so forth, um, who are directly impacted by wildlife and conservation, um, to re-gift that and to say, hey, we'll come in. Um, if you grant us access, um, we'll tell your story. And and it, it is a challenge to get funding. You know, you, you try to write uh, for grants and stuff like that. But we, we since realized that having this passion, you have to kind of source it and you have to fuel it somehow. And now that's that's more so through my photography, which I'm selling prints on. Um, and, uh, and also uh, that goes back to the cause. So half uh, would be donated to yes. our cause and half would be to continue my photography um, uh, passion. And then, and then with the storytelling, the same thing with our production our videos, we share these to these um, sanctuaries and we tell their story and hopefully that'll um, pique interest from foreign investment and or um, just um, people who love uh, wildlife and want to help uh, donate or go work at their sanctuary or volunteer and so forth. Um, so we just try to feel it that way. And then my wife is now also okay. in the process of starting her own brand um, and working with w women's group in, in Africa um, to start, uh, yes, uh, yes. Um, you know, creating jobs and opportunity um, that would that we could bring back here to the states, stateside, and 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 and, and hopefully yeah, uh, I, listen, I really charity uh, work. Uh, yeah, so. I think it's amazing what you guys are doing, and and it's 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 such a big deal. Finding funding is is a is a is a is a big deal. I know. I mean, uh, to get humanitarian work covered in Africa is a huge task, um, and Americans and uh, Europeans have. Uh, fantastic hearts and are very helpful. And if you can partner them, which is exactly like what you've done. I mean, the one I'm looking at now is uh, the rhino and wildlife con conservation. I mean, rhinos are incredible passive animals until you cross their yeah. path at, 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 a, at a close range. Um, elephants, elephants oh, are yeah, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, <laughs> I think it's amazing. And if you can tell the stories that people yeah, recognize, magical. and this is something that I try and do is, is to try and, 
get people to come or a video guy to to come and video what I do to show how these communities don't have you know like what we have going to a mall you know all of these simple things and and it's the same for wildlife no, you know we we need more voices for wildlife poaching is a massive problem um uh, it's just I really I, I really it's it's pretty epic and I and You're your so photography right. is incredible and I think what you and your wife are trying to do is is just amazing I would like to chat with her and get a, a lady's perspective on on traveling with a South African male living in America. If it was worth it or not, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> in a, <laughs> no, it was absolutely worth it. And just to, yes. just to say something, just in re response to that, uh, you're so right. And, and it all starts with the community and especially in the situation we're in now with this COVID outbreak, um, it all, this, this, this whole issue traced back to, to wildlife trade, you know, illegal or legal. Um, and, and it, it infiltrates yeah. uh, society more than we could ever know. So I think it's, it's, it's huge and it's now on our doorstep. So conservation is really, you know, um, a way that, that, uh, that I see the future goes towards and, and, and people now being more woke to this, this big pandemic going around and understanding that wildlife needs to be safeguarded and kept wild. Uh, versus, you know, trying to tame yes. them or sell them yes. on the markets and eat them and so forth and consume them. Um, so I, th I think I think we're in a stage where, especially now with Tiger King too, um, where and, and that's for another chat. But um, but basically, where where we now are more yes. aware of how the I haven't watched it. I know there's and, been and massive so talk vital, about it, you know? and I'm kind of scared to watch it because I get I get really really angry with uh, animal cruelty and and. And caging animals like like lions and tigers and all of those amazing things in your backyard for your own use is is something that I really really battle with. And I I I, I heard that he's in jail. I and I I don't know if it's true. I just hope he stays there. Um, if it's not for if it's not for anything other than uh, animal yeah, no, cruelty. it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's a it's a gut wrenching uh, story. But they don't really, and it's a shame of it. It's more of a human story than a. Um, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, there's a yes. big entertainment value. And I, and I don't say that lightly, um, where, where the story's crazy. It's a ludicrous story, but, but they don't focus so much on the animals. Uh, but, but I think, uh, you know, the, the move next would be definitely to, to, uh, to shine light on what this breeding does. And even with these social influences that you see now with, with certain people posting pictures with little yes. lion cubs in their backyard, that's just, to me is appalling you know they 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 say it's for a good cause but it absolutely does no good for that animal uh they they bred in captivity it's a huge risk to manage these wild animals and it's a costly thing so you can't just focus on uh tourism and all that kind of stuff you have to breed them sell them uh you know whether it's on the market or black market so uh, you know you have to be really careful and do yes. your just like you uh, prep for overland trip you have to do your due diligence and really if you want to Take take initiative, and and you, if you want to see these animals, uh, really do your research on online and, and see what the cause and the sanctuary and these zoos that they claim to be um, are, are are about. If they have no information, or if they or if they're not open giving you that information, then be a little bit hesitant and and maybe pick a different spot. So, um, but I think the the, the yes. world's moving into a, a, a you know a more woke state, and, and I'm 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 positive and I'm optimistic. Well, it sounds like what I'm going to do, folks, is I'm going to put all the links of their websites and stuff like that uh, and social media below. Um, 
on Instagram and all of that, and even on the podcast channel. So you can touch base with them directly if you have any uh, suggestions or donations for them. Um, listen, Zander, I really appreciate your time, dude. It's been completely epic, and I really love uh, love hearing how it all worked out. I mean, seven months with your wife in a completely different area and scenario. I think it's just um, totally amazing, and it's something that you will never, ever forget. No, absolutely, Anton, and I'm so blessed to be on this uh this um, conversation and and I'm I'm so excited to potentially work with you on your humanitarian work. I'm I'm excited to check all that out and hopefully our paths cross. I know we'll stay stay in touch and and I'm looking forward to even more of these podcasts and and being a part I, of this I think uh, I think what I'm going to have so to do is get hold of Petar and yourself and have a bit of a three chat uh, podcast about uh, eating eating veggies and. <laughs> yeah, which, throw Jamal in on that conversation too. That guy was epic. Oh too. yeah, geez. Jamal from Kuwait. He's, I actually I just mean, started Nero, following uh, him as well. Yes, that cooking. man's a legend I, too. When we when we started chatting, I mean, he was like, "Listen, I definitely want to do this. This is awesome, and, and thank you, and and you know, and 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 I'm like, well, you know, shall we catch up verbally? He's like, no, I got I got to go cook for for three hours. I'm like, geez, dude, three hours? What are you what are you doing for three hours, bro? Little, little did I know he has <laughs> four kids, for a little village, um, yeah. him and his wife, and he and he does part of his uh, um, Instagram is is he puts up, and I'm like, that is impressive, dude. There is no ways two or three times a week I could cook for four hours. I mean, I'm pretty is, efficient, but that is that is on on a very different level. So, so Zander, listen, thank you. It's your Saturday morning, and uh, I have a blessed weekend. I'm completely in awe with your photos. Um, I love what you're doing and I love your enthusiasm and uh, I look forward to hearing all the all the pros that are coming out from, from all these projects that you're involved in. I appreciate that immensely, Anton, and thank you so much for having me. 